Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast, where we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. We'll get started here in a second. Um, everybody just let's see, get one right there. All right, so just just everybody kind of talk for a second. <laughs> What's up, man? What's going on? Uh, what What are we eating Layton, today? Can you just say hello? Hey, man. <laughs> All right, that works. Uh, I think I think I think that's going to pick everybody up pretty well. I'm going to keep an eye on the levels keep my headphones on because i've done it without the headphones before and then got home and been like oh crap what that when did that happen but uh anyway i kind of want to start start off by talking about how we're recording this episode at the milestone and this is the first one i've gotten to record at the milestone and uh this place is very special to me uh it was my my first introduction to like the live music scene and punk rock and everything sort of told the story before but when i was like 16 and started coming to Charlotte to go record shopping. Found out about some of the clubs around here, but we were too young to come. Uh, or when, once we started kind of looking at the clubs, it was like, man, I wish we could go see this band or this band. There would be bands coming through that we'd heard of. But then we saw some a flyer for the Milestone, and they had Sunday night matinee shows. It was all ages. I guess back then maybe they couldn't sell liquor on Sundays or something, and that's why they did that, because every other night it was like 18 and up. And that was like, this was like back in the 90, 91, 90, It might have still been beer only at that point. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. Sundays, they may not have been able to sell liquor. So for some reason, they were able to do all edge shows on Sundays. But we went out and it was, it changed my life. Like just that very first show. And so uh, this is this is where it all began for me, kind of. So I'm kind of happy to be recording one here at the Milestone. And it won't be the last one, hopefully, because uh, I want to get Buck on here at some point. And I've told him that when we, when we record, we need to do it here as well. Um uh, and hopefully it won't be too damn hot here today. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit bearable, but um, it's not too bad. Not too bad. I'm sure it was pretty hot when you guys were practicing earlier. Yeah, not terrible. <laughs> it was miserable I in think, here last night. Though. I think Gray's the only one that was sweating. Well, I think the more people you get in here, of course, the hotter it gets. Sure. So during the summer when you got a full room, it's 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 sometimes no matter how much I like the band, I've got to step outside for a little bit and get some air. I know that's right. But let's get started with the actual podcast. And this one, um, I started off a little bit more awkwardly than I do most of my podcasts. But uh, we're, today we're talking to Bogloaf. And uh, I've got the whole band today. It's the first time I've had a whole band episode in a while. So we'll sort of play it by ear and see how that goes. But the first thing I'm going to do is just get you to go around and tell who you are and what you do in the band. And then I'll start asking questions from there. Yeah, let's start with Layton. <laughs> yeah, my name is Layton and uh, I play bass in Bogloaf. My name's Gray, and I play drums in Bogloaf. 
I'm Dube. I play guitar and yell in Bogloaf. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm glad you all play in the same band. <laughs> Most of the time we do. <laughs> that, that, hey, that's, Van Huskins is very much the same way. Sometimes we're all playing together, and then sometimes it's like, is that guy playing in the same band or not? <laughs> it happens, unfortunately. Damn it, Ben. Oh, I, I'm talking about Eric. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, no, Ben. Ben, um, and he won't listen to the podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Talk all your shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, so as I, I normally like to do, and I, as I told you a little while ago, we kind of start off with talking about, you know, where you sort of got an interest in music as a kid. That's sort of the first thing that grabbed you. And again, we can just start with Leighton if you if you want to. <laughs> um, I, g- I guess um, I would have to say, like when I was a kid, um, my dad used to sing in church and stuff all the time when I was a kid. And I think that that, you know, made me want to do music stuff also. Did you ever sing in the church? Um, I did a little bit when I was, you know, real young. Uh, We would sing songs at church and stuff. I I was telling somebody about this yesterday. When I was going to church, when I was younger, for some reason, me and my friend decided, let's join the choir. (laughs) I can't remember if somebody talked us into it or or what, but I just remember that, that we decided to join the choir. Yeah. And, you know, I was I was kind of like real reluctant myself. I'm like, I can't sing. But one of the choir guys was like, it don't matter. You know, the Bible says make a joyful noise. It don't mean you have to sing good. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we did like, went to like two or three practices, rehearsals or whatever. And then um, one Sunday. And then after that, I was like, no, not for me. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what made us want to do that. But at any rate, I guess I'm glad I, I tried it once. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Gray? Uh, probably just listening to music with my dad in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I, I have a fondness for cheesy 80s music. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's not it's not that cheesy, really, kind of. Nah. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I like cheesy stuff, but, you know, I, I just feel like it's, it's really not cheesy if, if you like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was like. Four, mm-hmm. and I stole a uh, jackal tape from my dad. And I got the motor going. <laughs> it's the one that had the the, the chainsaw song on it, right? I mean, all of them have a chainsaw I'm song. A lumberjack. <laughs> There's no other. <laughs> the lumberjack. Do they have any other? Albums? I'm a lumberjack baby. <laughs> well, I assume they do, and I assume that on each one he played the, the chainsaw on at least like half a dozen songs. <laughs> Especially after that first one. Yeah, I, I got I got in a little bit of trouble over that too because there are some uh, intimate noises in one of the songs towards <laughs> yeah. the end of that album, and Dad wasn't too happy about about how me old, hearing that stuff. How old were you at that time? About four. Okay. I mean, I heard stuff like that when I was a kid, like pretty young. Some of it from my from my dad's collection, but you know, most of the time it right over my head. Right. I you know. I wouldn't have known what the hell was going on. So did you like Jacqueline? I mean, did you hear it and you were like, I like this? Or was it kind of just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at that age, and my dad listened to a bunch of hair metal around mm-hmm. that time. Uh, Cinderella and things like that. So you see, so you're talking my language now. That's why I say that stuff's not cheesy, because I grew up with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that Jackal seemed to have more of like a an edge to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's what appealed to me, even at four years old well it was like a 
they, they, they were in that ACDC vein of, of rock and roll. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, I don't think they did it quite as good, but that, that, that's that's that they fell in that line for sure. It's what was available. Yeah. <laughs> so how how long was it before? And any of you can go really, but before you kind of got more interested in, in either either a like punk rock and heavier music or when you started to pick up an instrument to play for the first time whichever came first honestly I, I was a huge Metallica fan as like an early teenager mm-hmm. I started you know branching out into other avenues of classic metal stuff and realized that a lot of it I didn't like as much because it didn't have the like punk rock influence yeah, yeah. it uh, was too clean too, too everything was too perfect yeah like like Iron Maiden or yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, I guess that's what made me gravitate towards punk rock is just how sloppy at times but how human it sounded yeah yeah and Metallica's that they're a gateway to punk rock for a lot of people because of course you know they have the influence you can hear the influence and in there's the, the cover songs the and, cover songs yeah. and the, you know they wear the Misfits t-shirts and stuff so it's, it, was, it was an easy gateway into into punk rock from there yeah I guess I had like a you know a group of friends in high school and we all sort of started getting into more like the classic rock stuff yeah. around the same time and we were all just starting to learn how to try to play guitar and stuff um, and doing like Led Zeppelin and you know stuff like that uh, Black Sabbath we started, you know, they were, my buddies were way into like prog metal. So I heard and listened to a lot of like Dream Theater and, yeah. you know, Tool and stuff like that. And then uh, I guess probably when I was, you know, about 14, one of my friends introduced me to, um, I think it was either Minor Threat or uh, No Effects or mm-hmm. something like that. And I started listening to some more of that stuff and and started noticing that that music had more personality, I guess, than the stuff that I had been listening to before. Yeah. Or I clicked with it more, I guess. But then I started from there, you know, branching off and listening to, you know, more like <clears throat> 80s hardcore stuff like Black Flag mm-hmm. and the like. And that's pretty much still the music I listen to the most. Yeah, oh yeah, I love that stuff. What about? Um, I guess for me, probably my sister and her friends introducing me to all the stuff coming out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, she was about three years older than me, so all her friends that played in bands, that was kind of the sound that they went for. So seeing the shows growing up from local bands yeah I think you guys are a little bit younger than me I know you guys are definitely younger than me um, when did you first come up, become aware of the, the local scene 2007 me and uh, me and my buddy Phil Zone had planned on going to like a flogging Molly show or something mm-hmm. at like Amos's yeah and it we didn't get advanced tickets and we got there and it was sold out so he said well let's just go across town here and uh, I'll show you this place that I used to go to and he brought me here okay and that first show that I was at at the milestone was the Emotron 
Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and Andy the door bum was working door. Mm-hmm. Neil Harper was running sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was totally enamored with the place. So through being drawn to the location informed me about what was going on more so than knowing the bands and just coming here to see it. Yeah, yeah. That, it's, it's the same for me. Like, just, just knowing that this place existed and knowing it was a place that they could go, like, it didn't matter. Once I found out about those Sunday night shows, it didn't matter who the band was or whether I'd heard of them or not. I knew this This was a place where I could hear something that might change my life or, or blow my mind or be something new that I can go back to school and tell my friends, oh, I saw this band from Georgia called King Kill 33 Degrees. They were awesome. I'm like, who's that? You know, try to explain who it is, but you know, it didn't matter. I didn't know who they were the night before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who cares who they are? They played at the milestone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, having the, the, like you say, I say a lot of times getting the keys to it and then just kind of exploring, but, but finding places like this that exist that, that harbor that stuff or, or, or uh, give that place a, give that stuff a place to, to, to exist. <laughs> sure. Sure. I guess, like, the first local stuff I became aware of was just because, like, we were on the internet finding stuff to go try to see, but we were trying to see bands, you know, like the casualties and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was like the early 2000s, and uh, we would go to the Tremont and see these bands, and a lot of times they would have local stuff open up, you know, for them. And uh, I guess some of the bands were like the Rotten Liberals and... uh, I think there's a band called like uh, uh, what was the one called um, the Semantics okay. you know like yeah. a lot of old like I guess local ish stuff um, but yeah that's what made me start wanting to go is because of the group of uh, people because it always felt like you know like a family instead of like like it, it felt like I belonged there I guess uh, yeah, more than anywhere else I say that all the time. Like you just find a place where you belong. When they went punk rock, all those misfits, the guys, the guys that were in school, we, you know, we, we, we I, I, at least I kind of fit in, but I also didn't really fit in. It was like I didn't really know where I belong. This was it, you know. If I misfits, I sit fits. I guess for me, two thousand nine, I moved out here, mm-hmm. and. um I think later that year, a friend of mine named Devin brought me here, and it was my first show locally. Yeah, I wish I remembered who it was now, but I don't. <laughs> but so, uh, what, you said you moved out here. Where were you from? Uh, I grew up around San Antonio. Okay, and the local scene there uh, for more Austin was always pretty good. Mm. So, um, now were you playing music when you still lived there? Yeah, I was in a band called The Strands, and um, I think that was around 2001. Okay. Is that your first band? Uh, other than, like, a high school cover band, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, played around Austin a lot and uh, San Antonio. What kind of music was that? It was really grunge. Okay. Is that the only band you played in when you lived out there, or did you play in any other bands at any point? Uh, I jammed with a bunch of people, but that was really my only, only real, serious, band. real band. Yeah, yeah, serious band. 
what age were you when, you when you first started playing drums, or was drums your first instrument? Um, I dabbled on guitar when I was young, but I joined band in school my seventh grade year. Mm. So, and joined as a percussionist yeah. and did that all the way through high school. That's how a lot of drummers get started. That's how my brother got started, and my best friend from high school just starting on the snare drum in, in, in school band. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I wanted to do. I either wanted to do that or saxophone, but then they put me on trombone, and I lasted like a year and a half before I was like, it's not Man, for me. I, I played trombone, too, in middle school for like one year. I was the worst tromboner ever. Same here. Like When we when we first started, like when we only had to play one note, I was first seat. But when we had to play more than one note, I was last seat all the time. I remember, uh, I remember we played a, a concert one time at the uh, school or whatever. And uh, we played uh, We Will Rock You by Queen. And there's a solo section for the trombones. And after we played the show, <laughs> the guy was like, you guys had a really, really had a chance to shine, but y'all tromboners really blew it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So if you picked up a trombone now, could you play one? I probably don't have the lung capacity to blow <laughs> yeah. a trombone. Anymore. I always had the problem, like I don't know, like making my lips vibrate the right way. But the, the, the thing was, is that if everybody was playing together, I was okay. But whenever I had to play by myself, it was, it was I just couldn't hardly get anything out. Like I just get nervous and couldn't blow. But uh, I, if I if I picked one up now, I could make some noise with it. But I wouldn't know anything about. It would be like I never touched one before in my life. <laughs> Except for knowing how to blow on it or vibrate my lips, I guess. <laughs> I started with a recorder in elementary school. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. Oh, man. I kind of forget about that. Yeah, I guess yeah, it was my, that was my first like musical experience as well. On that joint. My, <laughs> my mom hated it so much, but she couldn't do anything about it because it was a school assignment. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had to play with the, the symphony orchestra or something. Did y'all get to do that, or was it just. No, hell no. Oh, yeah. We, 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 well, what, what it was is we got to go see the, the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra. And then there's one song where, like, all it was just a bunch of school kids at this performance. Everybody played the recorder along with them from the audience. Yeah, kind of lame. But <laughs> I remember we went to like some kind of school competition and played the recorders when I was in elementary school. And we played uh, the song we played was that from the sound of the music, uh, the doe, a deer, a yeah. female deer. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember what the song was that we played. I was played. like, oh, man. <laughs> I think I was too busy just cracking up at, like, you know, the the token hyperactive kid that they just give the sticks that rattle together. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, when I was in middle school, um, our music class had a bunch of acoustic guitars in our uh, our music teacher started teaching us how to play you know the single note versions of like teen spirit and smoke on the water okay. and stuff like yeah, that that's cool uh i didn't take to it then but like a, you know a, a year or two later I actually decided, like, I want a guitar and learn how to play it. Yeah. Was there a specific band or anything that made you really want to pick it up? Metallica. Yeah. Yeah, James Hetfield was my my uh, little adolescent idol. For me, it was like Eddie Van Halen and 
Jimi Hendrix, and, you know, pretty much all the hair metal guitar players I listened to. But those were the two big ones. And then uh, I couldn't play like that. <laughs> so I put it down. <laughs> that's a pretty bad way. I was telling somebody this yesterday, I said, that's pretty bad that I just put it down instead of like trying to figure it out. But a few years later, I did. So it's it's fine. And everybody comes to what they're going to do in their own time. I don't know why I thought I'd get it in like two months later be able to shred on it. <laughs> and then I'm like, blink, 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 what is this? <laughs> but I learned smoke on the water and, you know, not smells like Team Spirit because that wasn't out yet, but smoke on the water and a couple other things like that. Sort of, you know, half-assed single note versions, <laughs> a single string version. I still don't really know how to play much of anything as far as covers and whatnot. Play a riff here, a riff there, but that's me. I learned. I don't a bass think line. I know any entire songs from anybody else at all. Yeah. We, we cover a few songs, but I mean, I, I like to learn certain bass lines that I can just fiddle around with. But I don't ever really learn the whole song. Like, I'd rather play our own songs or write write something. Um, but I, I don't mind doing covers every now and then. They're fun. We we play a couple of covers, uh, very sparsely, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I mean, they're, they ain't being played as the people that wrote them intended, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, so now when you, you said you picked up the guitar again, or, you know, decided you, decided you wanted to play it, actually, um, did you, well, how'd that go? I mean, did you just pick it up? Did you start taking lessons, or did you learn it on your own? And, and I never took any lessons. Uh, I would look up tabs yeah. on the internet. The You know, there was like mxtabs.net and <laughs> ultimate guitar oh yeah yeah and, you know those kind of primitive tab crawler amateur websites but <laughs> you know you'd you'd learn like the intro to seek and destroy and then play that for a month mm-hmm. and i i guess i just developed my ear and technique off of that which it shows that I don't play any lesson. I never took any lessons because my playing is not technical whatsoever. I'm just like ham-fisted beating the shit out of the guitar. That's my favorite kind of guitar. <laughs> did what, did How long was it before you started a band or played with the band? Uh, let's see. My first band that played any actual performances was... I guess my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Did you do a talent show? No. Okay. No, we, we played a couple of parties. <laughs> okay. And uh, once we were all old enough, we played here. Yeah. I know a lot of, I just asked that because a lot of people do get a first stage experience at a talent show. Uh, that's where, where mine was. Uh, no, I didn't have enough talent for well, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither did I. <laughs> but um, what was the name of that first band? Shamalon. Shamalon? Yeah. Yeah. We had a, uh, a science teacher at our high school that mispronounced everything. Mm-hmm. So, the, like, he would say that the, the epic center of the earthquake was in Careeria. <laughs> <laughs> and chameleons were Shamalons. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how he got a job. That's, that's what I was sort of thinking. Like, really? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. 
<laughs> well, I would never would have thought the Chamelon came from Chameleon, <laughs> but now it makes sense. I Who guess. guess? <laughs> yeah, so that was like uh, maybe four years from when I started actually focusing on playing. Yeah. And you played a show here the first week. I mean, after you played a couple of house parties, you said you played here? Yeah. I think I... I don't think I was 21 yet when we played here. Because we... Yeah. For for a couple of years, we just did bumfuck shit out in Union County. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally... We got booked on a show here, and and then it was kind of off to the races. Yeah, who else was on that show? Do you remember? Uh, Dwayne's band, Reverser. Okay, yeah. And a band called Pride Parade that I think were from Georgia, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember if there was a fourth band on that or not. I, th- I saw Reverser here at least once, but I don't know if it was that show or not. I don't seem to remember either one of those, yeah. Chamelon or Pride. Uh, I hope you Rob didn't see Chamelon. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I did, like I said, I don't remember it. So, but I still, I still talk to the guys that were in that band from time to time, and we all pretty much collectively agree that that was a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> so what kind of music was it? <laughs> It was like five different styles of music. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to play thrash metal. Mm-hmm. The other guitar player was trying to play Alice in Chains. Uh, bass player was trying to play Tool and Primus, <laughs> and the the drummer was like Jimmy Chamberlain, like kind of jazzy, but not as well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they everybody. Played their instruments pretty well, but it did not gel together yeah, at all. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you can get all those different influences, and if you've got the chemistry right, it'll work out to something cool. But sometimes the the chemistry is not quite there, or yeah. or maybe just like you said, it's your first band, so maybe it's, it's the the technique or the songwriting technique's not quite there yet. Well, you know, on, on one hand, you've got you've got bands that from unique directions but they allow it to settle in a a natural way yeah yeah what we were doing was like everybody was tugging in different directions yeah everybody's trying to pull it in their their own direction right Right. yeah I I get that and and that just doesn't work what was your first band Leighton and when did you start playing I guess um I guess um I don't. I got an acoustic guitar probably when I was like ten, yeah, or something like that. But I, you know, just kind of messed with it off and on. I never really got real good at it or anything. And my mom put me in guitar lessons, I guess, and I I did that for like maybe like a month or two because I was uh, they were or I was jamming with some friends and I was learning more, you know, hanging out with them, messing around than I was. Uh, you know, doing the guitar lessons. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I did that for like a month or two, and then from there I just sort of I don't know I I got an electric guitar eventually and started you know getting more into playing music that I liked instead of learning how to play church songs on yeah. an acoustic <laughs> guitar. 
and I guess uh, I don't. I guess my first band I was in high school. I was probably like maybe sixteen, mm-hmm. and um, the same guy that introduced me to punk rock. We started like a little punk band together, and it was called the uh, Preteen Prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh uh, God! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we never really. I don't. I don't recall ever playing any shows anywhere except for just practicing. Yeah. And um, it was me and my friend Jason played bass. I played guitar. And then uh, Keith uh, Barnes, who uh, who's who's a drummer, he's, he's been in a lot of bands around town. Mm-hmm. Um, he played drums in it. But it was like a short-lived little, you know, we practiced for a while. I don't think we ever really played any shows out or anything. That was the first... I guess my first band. Yeah, you yeah. say you learned you were learning more by jamming with some guys than, yeah. than guitar. I, I say that I, I said that on I think when I was on the Roosters podcast. Uh, basically, just you know, if you, if you're having trouble figuring it out, just get together with some other people and you'll 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 figure it out. You know? Yeah, uh, that's how I learned. It's, like I said, I picked up the guitar and couldn't quite figure it out on my own. Didn't really have the drive to learn it on my own. And then just when me and my friends got together, we, we figured out how to be a band and how to write songs together. Man, you can't learn to swim if you don't jump in the water. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's what I say. Just get in there and make some noise and you'll figure it out. Yeah. It might not be with the first guys you get with. But, you know, <laughs> you'll eventually find the guys that'll work with or girls or yeah. whoever. <laughs> so what, what, after that band, though, what, what was you said you really never played out. Well, um, no. So I guess uh, when I turned 18, I was ready to get away from home. Mm-hmm. So the easiest way for me to do that was to join the military. Okay. So I joined the Navy and um, ended up in Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, while I lived there, I met other guys and and we started bands together up there. And I played a lot uh, and played a lot around there. I was in a band called uh, Dirt Nap. Okay. And uh, we just did like you know the hardcore punk stuff. Such but, a good name. But uh, yeah, we I did that for a while. my living situation or after I got out of the military my living situation got kind of crazy and I ended up having to move back home to to Marshville I guess we're worth mentioning that (laughs) back to Marshville the home of Randy Travis Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I I guess like I got back around town because I used to you know go out to the Tremont and stuff so I mean and then I knew Keith and other people even though I lived in Virginia Beach for like eight years Mm -hmm. And then uh, through Keith, I met uh, Wes and uh, Hunter, and uh, we started that band called K9 Unit that okay. I played in for a while. And then uh, after that, um, everybody just sort of got too busy, I guess, or wanted to go do other stuff. So we just stopped doing that after a while. And then uh, 
I was on uh, I didn't play in any other bands for probably like five or six years or until uh, me and him started doing this okay. so you took that big of a break that long of a break was it just just not a desire to do it or well, not finding um, the right people or? I was in a situation where like in order for me to like pay for the stuff I had to pay for I had to spend more time working mm, yeah, than, yeah. Uh, than you know too much time working and I w- didn't have enough time to do anything else really like I was uh, working probably like 70 hours a week and yeah, stuff like yeah. that yeah, that makes it so like I, I'd still make it out, you know, to go to shows, but I didn't have time to like try to be in a band or anything yeah, like that. Write songs, have regular practice, yeah, book shows and all that. So, what about you, do After your first band, did you play in anything else between that and this? I mean, um, so Chamelon fizzled out. <laughs> I wanted to say it again, Chamelon. It's fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been hanging out with uh, now defunct death metal band around Charlotte called at the time they were called Zeus. Okay. Eventually they became Exploding Horse. Okay. Um, but myself and another straggler, uh, a, a hanger on uh, by the name of Dylan McKinnish, when when they were taking breaks at their band practices. We would go in there, and he, he sat down at the drums, and I played some riffs that I had that never became Chamelon songs. Mm-hmm. Ricky, who was the drummer of Zeus, came in the room one day and picked up the bass, started jamming along with us, and that became Pig Mountain. some hiatuses in there but about six six and a half seven years total okay yeah and uh that was that was my first experience of recording anything uh playing shows out of town we we did a couple of little like week-long tours and Mm -hmm. things like that and uh you know i kind of got to so my wild oats in that regard during one of the pig mountain hiatuses i was pretty briefly in a kind of a hardcore band called hulk oh yeah uh with dane abernathy john hughes and nate wilkinson yeah
that one kind of fizzled out just because everyone was so busy. Mm-hmm. Nate had become a father, and he didn't have as much time to drive all the way to Lincolnton to practice and, yeah. and whatnot. And uh, so we we kind of let that go. That was a fun band, though. That that was a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed playing shows in Hope. Pig Mountain got going again. We put out one last album. Went on tour for it. And by the end of that tour, we had all come to the agreement that we were pointing in different directions. And it was sort of time to split up and go do other things. So uh, in that time... I was married at that point and uh, just sort of took a step away from everything, tried doing the, the square life for a little while. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was, I was telling uh, somebody about this yesterday, the married life will sometimes do that to you. Like Sometimes the other person doesn't really like going out and playing shows and things like that. So <laughs> I'm not saying that's your case. Well, in my case, it was kind of kind of like that. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just be a, be a dad and a father for a while. After after a while, me a dad and a husband. I started getting, you know, having some pretty shitty mental health, and uh, my ex wife and I split up. I hadn't been a part of the Charlotte music community for a few years at this point. Yeah, and uh, when when my ex wife and I split up. Uh, Buck and Neil invited me out to Harper Holler to hang out, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen them in, you know, years. Basically, this was also during the COVID lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, we were just sitting around the fire pit, drinking beer, mm-hmm. listening to Helmet, and and it was very reinvigorating. Yeah. And it, it was time to start playing music again. And is that also like when Milestone reopened for COVID? That's is that when you started working out here as well? Yeah, well, I'd, I had worked here since 2009. Okay. Off and on, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, but that, yeah, so any part of during that shutdown period, and I was hanging out with Buck and Neil a lot. Um, Buck asked me if I would be interested in coming back to work for him once everything reopened. And so I'm currently still employed by the milestone. Yeah. To to a degree. You know, not a couple times a month yeah. I work up here. Um got to talking with Leighton around you know, after things opened back up and stuff, but we decided we were going to put a band together. And uh, there's a lot of shit that happened in the process of that that I don't really want to yeah, yeah. get too into. But uh, here we are. Yeah. We've been playing shows for over a year now. Yeah. As Boglos. Now, Gray, did we skip over anything for you? I know you, when you moved back here or moved here and discovered the milestone, did, did you play in any bands? I don't yeah. know if we mentioned that. Uh, my first band out here was Manchovy. Yeah. 
uh, Nate Bishop, Philip Shive, Stephen Mackey, yeah, yeah. and uh, Jeff Worley. Mm-hmm. Um, Two of those are no longer with us. Yes. Um, I forget how long we were a band. Um, kind of the same thing where I became a father, mm-hmm. and that kind of fizzled out that band. That happens. And, then, I mean, there's, and that's that's pretty admirable as you know, a thing to do. If, if, if any reason to quit or take a step back, that's probably one of the best reasons. And then um, a few a few years after that, I ended up joining Philip again and uh, Caleb Jonas. And then uh, Gibby ended up being the guitarist in Black Oatmeal. And think we played shows for about a year or so and um, after that I guess I helped Anguish record an album and uh, with Rachel mm-hmm. and uh, it was a that was a fun experience I mean I was kind of a hired hand yeah, so yeah. but uh, Josh Freeze over here <laughs> but well that's what I keep telling telling everybody like you know I, I might cut this all out of the podcast but Ben's Ben's wants to stop drinking we, and we want him to stop drinking but I think his, in his head he's got this mental block of like I'm not going to be fun there's nothing I can do and I've told him like man you just need to go out there and play with as many bands as you can because there's bands that need drummers even if it's just to record but he could be practicing with bands three nights a week and playing every weekend yeah like Anyway, that was just yeah, a little keep, keeping yourself there. occupied is a big part of uh, yeah yeah dialing it back. So he could be that Josh Freeze guy, you know, just doing everything. <laughs> I mean, I quit drinking, I guess about six months ago, and I would say I play better, but I am more nervous typically <laughs> when we go on stage. Now. I think that's part of his problem too. Um, I, I quit a few months ago myself. I didn't really drink that much. There, there's been times in my life when I was probably on my way to having a problem, but I would always stop it. But I just kind of got to the point where I'm like, I'm not drinking that much. Why am I even drinking at all? Uh, but again, I haven't really noticed improvement on my playing, but I stayed pretty high too. So <laughs> <laughs> That helps. Yeah. It helps and it hurts sometimes. But <laughs> it usually helps, but then, then, then the one time that you forget that, where, where the next part of the song is and you can't recover that <laughs> happens every now and then <laughs> guilty <laughs> but um, yeah after Anguish I think I hadn't played for about six seven years mm-hmm. well you you did your safety not guaranteed yeah I do stuff. I do stuff at home
is it like you play all the instruments or is it like a electronic or uh yeah i just do all the instruments um ironically i typically use the uh i use logic's drummer okay yeah <laughs> but i know what i'm going for yeah, so yeah. i can kind of make it work yeah you can program it with a drummer's mind yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah that's just something i do at home for fun yeah uh, instrumental because nobody wants to hear me sing well there's there's a lot of people that i want to hear you sing <laughs> no you do there's a lot of people that, that have played in bands and, and people in this area too that have played in bands but just don't have the desire to play out live or playing that are creating music in their bedrooms and i, I think that's cool i mean because I'm, I'm a big fan of just doing it because you can and, and you have the means to especially if you have the desire to like just put put it out there some you know or make it for yourself it don't matter if you put it out there but do it <laughs> do the thing it's just doing something yeah so now you're all doing bog loaf where did the, that name come from <laughs> i'm sure there's a good story behind it so <laughs> we booked our first show before we had a name okay and uh just a matter of having a hard time deciding or yeah just hadn't really put any thought into it yet yeah yeah <laughs> we, we kept tossing all kinds of names back and forth and we just it was were all the, the of dumbest agreeing. shit well can you remember any of them let's <laughs> uh, see for a very brief period before gray was playing with us we were called thumb oh thumb. yeah i think we were uh we were gonna be the fat Draculas yeah. for a second. Yeah. <laughs> fat Draculas. Uh, shit. Damn, I'm still in that name. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> one of our... When we formed the band, there were two guitars. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other guitar player suggested Big Armoire. Big Armoire. <laughs> And I was like, dude, that sucks. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and I and then I was like, What about big loaf? You know, like like taking a big dump. Yeah. Not knowing that at the time that apparently there's a rapper called Big Loaf. Okay. But that's okay because everything worked out the way it did. <laughs> so I was drunk one night. Uh, responding to the email about the show we booked they were asking what name to put on the flyer you know mm. and I fat thumbed it and <laughs> hit O instead of I so instead of Big Loaf it was Bob Loaf so it was a typo yeah yeah absolutely an, an excellent typo <laughs> and serendipitous yeah <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's it's really it's, it's kind of a fitting name, honestly, for the kind of music you guys play. Like I hear you hear the music, and I, I can hear like the name makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. A, a swampy it's shit. supposed to be a compliment. Down in a ball, <laughs> drops in the lawn. <laughs> so did you guys start playing during the pandemic, or was it? No, it was everything had already everything opened, back, opened up. back up before you yeah. guys decided to put a band together. Yeah, uh, I think we spent more time talking about forming a band yeah. than we did 
from the time we started actually jamming until playing the first show. But uh, yeah, eventually it all it all happened. Yeah, and uh, we had went through jammed with a, a few different drummers. Uh, all of them, you know, we're still buddies with and and whatnot. It mm. just wasn't a good fit. Yeah, uh, some some of it for availability, mm-hmm. you know, scheduling type things and and some it just wasn't a good match yeah. creatively. But uh when when we gave Gray the call and he agreed to come out, I think I think after that first practice we were like, Okay, if, if he wants to do it, this is the guy. Yeah. We're nothing without you, Gray. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So who does most of the, the songwriting? Is it split duties or? Uh, I do all of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Oh, lyrics you, are excellent, by the way. If you could call them <laughs> lyrics, <laughs> I love it. I love like just, just they're funny. They're without being like hilarious or, or. And the 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 music is pretty communal for the most part. Yeah, like there are songs that I wrote. There are songs that Layton wrote, mm-hmm. and then there's the bulk of them are like, he's got a line, I've got a line, and we just cram them together and make some bullshit out of it. Yeah, yeah. Our natural inclinations between Layton and I are so different that, I mean, you can you can tell what was a dude line and what was a Layton line. <laughs> yeah. Because my, mine sounds like it wants to be a sleep song, mm-hmm. and his... His stuff sound, you know, flipper, uh, side B of my war yeah. type stuff. Yeah, yeah. When did you play your your first show, and where was that? Was that here at the Milestone? It was here at the Milestone. I figured it probably was. It was supposed to be New Year's, Year's Eve yeah. of twenty two. Is that right? Yeah. It was supposed to be New Year's Eve of 22. Mm-hmm. But it got canceled. Yeah, a few cases of COVID in at least two of the bands. Yeah, yeah. Ours being one of them. And then uh, I think Patois Counselors mm-hmm. also yeah. had a member get sick. We actually rebooked that show and played it with the same lineup later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that show ended up still happening, but it wasn't the first show anymore. Oh. Uh, so our first show here, well, our first show period was here mm-hmm. with Holy Roller from Winston Salem. Yeah, I still need to see them. Uh, Tiger, who yeah. are currently inactive. Yeah, that's right. And um, who the fuck else was on that? Maybe that was it. No, there's always four. I want to say there was almost one more. always. <laughs> But I, I was, you know, I've had a lot of beers since then. Yeah, yeah. It don't matter. I don't remember. You remember better than I do. I'm I was sorry about to say if that, you played that show and I can't remember your name. <laughs> I was about to say that our first show was at Skylark. No. no. <laughs> well, I was at the one at Skylark. The matinee show. Yeah, but I, I was. I had my booth set up outside, so I only kind of halfway got to see you guys. Yeah, yeah I think that was our second show. I think show. that was yeah. our second one. 
because I knew I, I'd missed the first one, and that was I sort of yeah. saw that one, but it was like uh, kind, of, kind of sort of like dead in it. I just basically saw them for the first time last night because oh, they played man. that show, and those guys and, are great. They play a lot of shows too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the younger bands I've noticed play a lot, but that's 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 good. I mean, I was telling somebody yesterday, Van Huskins played a lot when we first started playing yeah. too. I mean, it was just you got to get out there. Um, yeah, but. You guys are going to be playing a lot over the next month, oh, for sure. Oh, man, like once a week. <laughs> um, talk about that a little bit. I was I was telling somebody, I don't know that I would want to do the I mean the, the residency, but then again, I don't, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. It's a cool thing. <laughs> when Zach at Snug Harbor sent us a message about the possibility of it, my first reaction was, why us? <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what I would think. I'd be like, why us? <laughs> but if they reached out, I might would. I would have to consider it. Of of course, it, it was, uh, you know, an honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, we can be proud. Yeah, well, that, think, of the fact that people like our band enough. To, yeah, as I say, people love the band, and, and it's it's a great show every time I've seen it. I understand that side of it too because I've been told that before where I've been like what are you talking about (laughs) every time uh, every time somebody compliments us uh, you know uh, it's still weird yeah to me (laughs) and I I feel like uh, Dana Carvey on Wayne's World where he's just like I like to play. <laughs> it's it. Trust me, I've been doing it for thirty years now. It's still weird to me, like getting compliments for it. It's like man, it's just I just something I do, and it's just it's not that great. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's 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 still nice to get those compliments. So who's uh who's playing on the the first one that's this this week? I'll, I'll get this released. I'm gonna try to release it either Monday or Tuesday, so it'll be released early. So the the first show. Uh, Wednesday, June 7th. It's going to be our good buddy, the Emotron. And uh, we have uh, we have a surprise for Charlotte worked out with him. And uh, then uh, uh, we also have Bongfoot, who are from up in the mountains. So far, they've eluded me. I haven't been able to see them live, mm-hmm. but I've heard nothing but great things. And the little snippets of video and stuff that I've seen online, yeah, they're going to be killer. Yeah, it's going to be real cool, man. A, a, a strange pairing, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, stoner metal, whatever you want to call it that Emotron does and whatever you want to call it that we do. Yeah. <laughs> and who's playing the the other shows? I know, I think the last one is what, Knowing Your Control and Nerve Endings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the 28th. That's the last one. I definitely want to try to get to that one. I'll try to get the one this week, too. The 14th is uh, a band called Spotlights, who I saw in Carborough at the Cat's Cradle when they were touring with the Melvins mm-hmm. and they were awesome they were looking for a date in Charlotte mm-hmm. at that same time and I think Zach already had that in the works 
before we even agreed to do the residency, yeah. but it just kind of fell into place that yeah. that the the second show would be with spotlights and spirit system. So that's going to be a good one. That uh, a kind of bill that we're not really used to playing on. Where these are like real musicians yeah that we're playing. <laughs> we've said that before about somebody we played with like if you want to come see a real musician and then whatever we do <laughs> a real musician our third week uh is all heavy night so that's going to be us with king cackle who is they're probably the best fucking band in charlotte yeah yeah at this juncture yeah i was, I was stoked to get to play with them recently and our friends shanked yeah and, and uh, they'll be debuting a new vocalist at that okay. show as well. Who was the drummer in Pig Mountain? So how does the uh, the residency work? Do you get to pick the bands for the most part? It sounds like that one show at least was kind of yeah that, that set that, up with the club. The caveat was that was the the predetermined one, yeah. and uh, we got to have our way with the rest of the month. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty awesome. Uh, we played we played one of them, but we played open up for Paint Fumes and Pleather Boys. Um, that's right, not long after we started. This maybe our um, within our first year. That was also the night that there was like police helicopters flying above Charlotte because there was <laughs> threats of riots. There was a lot of protesting going on down. Uh, it's kind of kind of weird, kind of a weird atmosphere the whole night. But it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> My phone's going off. Oh, it's usually mine. I'm surprised mine hasn't went off. <laughs> Somebody's is going to regardless. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about where people can find the music. And so you guys have recorded some music, have it on Bandcamp? Yes, who'd it's record, on Bandcamp. Who, who'd you record that with? Uh, Bo White okay. uh, recorded it. Uh, the Bad News EP or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's on Bandcamp. Is it what? Bogloaf.bandcamp.com. Uh, Hang on, and I'll, I'll be able to tell you the whole <laughs> damn URL. You also have CDs for that, right? Yes, we have Besides CDs. Some of those we have some CDs available made. at shows, yeah. probably T-shirts yeah. and all that. Yeah. So that is at https colon backslash Did backslash. You say he said Bogloaf NC. Dot bandcamp dot com. So is there already another Bogloof? Or did you just put the NC? But... Yeah, I just put the NC. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, we are from oh, yeah. you are from NC. <laughs> that, that, that lets people know where you're from, for sure. <laughs> Jesus. We did that with, um, with our old band, the, the Accidents. I think I had to do that on, on uh, Bandcamp. Because even Los Accidentes, which is what we went by towards the end, was taken as well. So I had to go with Los Accidentes NC. Oh. That works. People know where we're from that way. I mean, not that there's not many people looking for that music. But <laughs> <laughs> and you guys did a, a video with um, uh, John. John Ellis. Yeah, from, that was really awesome. That was, with, that was uh, cool. Yeah, the uh, the living room sessions. Those are up on YouTube. Yeah. And I think uh, we put the one single out on our band camp as well. The, yeah, because he the like Donner Party song. Recorded, like kind of set it up and tracked it recorded it and yeah, mixed it down yeah he had like a whole little setup in his living room it was really awesome we pretty much just had band practice at his house yeah yeah I think he's gonna do some more of that too right yeah, right, so the plans yeah are he's talking about doing a lot of a bunch of other bands he's had a, little, a series 
that's cool. eventually every band in Charlotte is going to be playing a show in John's living room. It's worth mentioning. What's, what's, what's the name of his uh, YouTube channel? Is it Nothing But Drums? Or Nothing But Drums. Nothing yes, but drums? I think that's it. That's worth mentioning that he does a lot of stuff. He's, he's documented a lot of things um, in the scene. He's done interviews with people like Sarah Romweber and uh, it's a good. That's a good site to go to. He's especially if he's going to be doing more of these living room sessions. That'll document even more of the scene. And I, I do like to promote when people do that because, of course, I'm documenting the scene in my way. Yeah. But it takes more than just me to be able to do it, especially for all the different corners of the scene. So I'm always happy to see when somebody picks up and does something, especially like what he's doing. It's just different. It's different, and it's something the bands are going to be clamoring to kind of get a chance to do. I think. Especially after word gets out about how cool his dog is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll be a drawing factor for sure.
Oh, I, I know one thing I didn't want to ask you about, dude. But I, I, you've talked before about how big of an influence Tad had on you. Oh yeah, and right. I just I, I wanted to get you like have you tell tell that on, on the podcast. So it's you know I'm I'm fucking six foot four and around four hundred pounds. Uh, being the front man of a band at that stature mm-hmm. is like well uncommon to begin with yeah. but there there's some image issues that come along with that as yeah, evidenced yeah. by the way MTV treated Tad yeah yeah definitely um, that being said when we had started uh, Pig Mountain and that was the first band that I did vocals in mm-hmm. Tad, Tad really was a, an inspiration to me as far as like here's a big dude that is going off mm-hmm. oh yeah well, he was awesome with the the energy of a skinny little fucker you know a third of his size yeah. and he, he's just hauling ass mm-hmm. not to mention I had already you know loved that band yeah regardless before I kind of needed that like example or confidence booster or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it and uh, yeah man it it just kind of wormed its way into how I do things yeah you know um I remember when that Tad documentary came out in the mid-2000s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched that documentary over and over and over and over again because at that point in time, you couldn't find shit about Tad anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I found the Tad albums that I had in the dollar bin at Manifest mm-hmm. Record Store. And uh, so, yeah, it was just on constant rotation and, and it stuck with me. Yeah, it stuck with me. Uh, that's one of my one of my favorite bands, not only for the quality of their outwork uh, output, but also the the effect that it had on me as a yeah well musician. You know, people talk about how representation is important, you know, and it's it's important to see like people that look like you and act like you doing the things that you aspire to do. And it really is. It's like you, you get to punk rock and you re- realize that, oh, MTV's not even, that's just like this part of the music. This like, there's this whole underground scene of people that are a bunch of weirdos and all shapes and sizes and orientations and what, what have you. It doesn't matter. They can be just as big of a rock star to this scene or whatever. You don't have to be on MTV to be a, you know, to be a rock star. My personal motto is uh, ugly music for ugly people yeah <laughs> you calling me ugly <laughs> damn right <laughs> I'm proud to be ugly <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just I, I really I've seen you post about that before and, and I, I love Tad so it was it was cool to, for one to see that he was such a big influence on you but also like to hear your the way you put it out there like that like you know he was a guy that showed me that you don't have to look like David Lee Roth in front of band, you know. Right. You can, you can be just who you are 
and be this badass singer, guitar player, front man, what, whatever you want to be. And I see it all the time on the stage in here. You know, people of all shapes and sizes doing what they want to do, sometimes with their shirts off. I mean, talk about Hulk. You know, I remember seeing a show where you all like took your shirts off. Oh, that, 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 was was that, that was a thing. That was yeah. like every show. Yeah. <laughs> Take your shirt off, have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, if you that's, want what, to, no that's what I love about the milestone <laughs> and, and, and places like the milestone, but especially the milestone. It's just, it's my home. I wouldn't be, I would probably would have never done anything with music apart from playing keg parties in Union County mm-hmm. if if Phil hadn't brought me here yeah. that that night you know shown up on accident <laughs> I always say like me and me and my friend Matt we, we started our first band just as a joke he spent the night one night we made a I had a guitar and drum set we made a bunch of noise and made up songs on the spot recorded like 90 minutes worth of noise but when we came here we realized that we could actually be a real band it's it's a life changing place this is always my favorite place to see a show I, st- I still tell people all the time it's the best sounding room in Charlotte yeah this place is awesome it just sounds so good in here it's a goddamn institution mm-hmm. <laughs> and it better stay here forever <laughs> I know there's been some people in Charlotte rooting against it for a while some of them that should know better I ain't going to mention any names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't please everybody. But old, old Wiley Buck Boswell does a hell of a job up oh, here. Oh, hell yeah. And and hopefully I'll get him on here some sometime in the near future. It's just, we've talked about it. He's he's a busy man. And uh, I just need to reach back out to him and tell him his time. Tell his story. You can lure him here under false pretenses. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd, I'd rather be upfront about what we're doing. All right. Because I'm not sure what kind of false pretenses I'm going to have to lure him with. <laughs> uh, like, uh, offer him some tofurkey or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, I, I can make him one of my pizzas with, with uh, you know, make it all vegan for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Sweet. All right. I'm, I got to pee. Unless there's anything else, I'm going to go ahead and pee. This has been a Gabba Gabba Hunt Media Production. Dogs or cats, either one. Snakes too. They're all right, I guess. <laughs> Some of them. I don't but, mind you know, snakes. You, you can, but I don't really want that one. I was gonna say you can, you can invite me over to, to pay your dog and cat, but the snake I can look at it. You want to come over and Outside handle my snake? <laughs> no, you don't pet a snake. You handle it. <laughs> it's shedding. <laughs> oh man. God damn it, it was bound to happen sooner or later.